What is up, guys? It's Alex Johnson here, the founder and lead analyst at YardsPerFantasy.com. Welcome into the sixth episode of the Feed Me Fantasy podcast. Let's eat. It's been a busy last week or so at YardsPerFantasy.com, which is why we have this episode a bit late. But we have some exciting stuff going on. First, we have the privilege and honor of sponsoring the Evan Silva segment of the SFB Podathon. If you don't know what the SFB Podathon is, one, where the hell have you been? But it's a 24-hour live podcast event the first day of the Scott Fishbowl draft. And they talk to all the top analysts in our industry, all in the name of raising money for some great causes. Their initial goal this year was to raise $10,000. They ended up with over $42,000 because the fantasy community is amazing. What else we got going on? Well, we have the man himself, one of the, my biggest influences in this industry the great J.J. Zacharyson coming on to the Yards for Fantasy YouTube channel this week. J.J. will join Kevin Brumley to talk some fantasy and answer some of your questions. Don't miss it. Go subscribe to the Yards for Fantasy YouTube channel right now. Just go to YouTube and search Yards for Fantasy. Of course, everyone knows this week we have the Scott Fishbowl draft going on. My division is one of the slowest drafts going, but I really don't mind. I'm enjoying the ride, and I know it'll be disappointing when it's over, so I'm kind of I'm liking the slow pace. And my team is looking pretty damn good. If you're not familiar with the scoring format of the Scott Fishbowl this year, it's half PPR, super flex, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end. It is tight end premium. No kickers, no D. There are bonuses for first downs and penalties against the quarterbacks for incompletions and sacks. Because of the first down bonuses and being only half PPR as opposed to full, the format makes these bell cow running backs very valuable, and that's where I was attacking early. I went Ezekiel Elliott at the 103, passing on the quarterbacks, which a lot of people were taking quarterbacks early, uh, Mahomes or Lamar Jackson at the 102, 103, 104, that range. I decided to forego the quarterback position, Go with my bell cow, Ezekiel Elliott at the 103 after it went McCaffrey and Barkley uh, for the first two picks. At the 210, I went Miles Sanders. So thrilled to have Miles Sanders there. At the 210. I mean, I know it's super flex and tight end premium, but Miles Sanders at the 210 all day. All day. And then I followed up. With another running back, another bell cow running back. I have him ranked in my top 10 this year, which is a little higher than consensus. A little contrary. But Leonard Fournette at the 303. Again, thrilled with that pick. Um, I did have some comments on Twitter that told me, oh, I shouldn't have taken Fournette. Don't take Fournette. Shouldn't have taken Fournette. Fuck you. Fournette's my guy. Let's go. I did change it up at the 410. Going wide receiver, Allen Robinson. He may be, it will be, a target machine, a target hog in Chicago. Quarterback upgrade to Nick Foles. Probably the best quarterback he's ever had going back to college. Uh, so I love, love Allen Robinson as my wide receiver one at the 410. He was the 11th wide receiver off the board. I went back to the well at running back with the 503, taking the 22nd running back off the board, a rookie, Cam Akers. 
The Rams have a ton of vacated carries and I see a lot of those going to Akers. And I think they'll get back to throwing the ball to the running backs, which they got away from kind of weirdly last year. Uh, so I'd love the Akers pick at 503. Wide receiver at the 610, Calvin Ridley. Took my first quarterback at the 703, much later than most people have taken their first quarterback. A lot of people had their second quarterback by the time I took my first. Quarterback 20 off the board, my QB1, Baker Mayfield. I went Devontae Parker as my wide receiver two in the eighth round. Love getting Parker as my wide receiver two. Uh, wide receiver three, I'm sorry. He's my wide receiver three. We went Robinson, Calvin Ridley, Devontae Parker's my wide receiver three. This is why you wait on why you wait on wide receivers in this in this format. In a lot of formats. Although we are going to talk about zero RB here just in a minute. But for the most part, robust RB for men. That's how I started this draft. Love my wide receiver trio. Robinson, Ridley, getting Devontae Parker as my wide receiver three in the eighth round. Went back to quarterback, my quarterback two in the ninth round, 9.03. The 25th quarterback off the board, Jared Goff. Fantastic value, Jared Goff. He's in for some positive touchdown regression. Tyrod Taylor, back-to-back quarterback. In the 10th round, QB 31 off the board, my QB 3. He's actually a really good really good fit in this format. Uh, he doesn't throw a lot of picks, doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Safe quarterback, doesn't get sacked a whole, whole ton. Uh, with that rushing ability as well, he'll get those uh, rushing first downs from the quarterback position, which is very valuable. Love Tyrod as my QB 3. I think he'll keep that job for at least most of the season. Wide receiver four in the 11th round. 11th round. Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown in the 11th round is a steal. Wide receiver 36 off the board. Love that pick. Uh, I mean, I, don't, I haven't looked at the data, but I think that's probably one of the latest he has gone in this, in this Scott Fishbowl draft. In the 11th round. I can't get over that one. I love it. Price I paid... By having such such a stacked team in the first eleven rounds, is I did punt the tight end position a bit. Did wait later than I planned. I was hoping to get someone like Gronk, someone like Mike Isicki, um, a little earlier. T.J. Hawkinson was on my targets list, um, but Hawkinson went way earlier than I was expecting him to go in this draft. Um, Rob Gronkowski did not make it to me. And Mike Kosicki, I was so ready to take Mike Kosicki in the 10th round. One spot before I picked, he went off the board. And to say I was triggered was an understatement. But anyway, we went Irv Smith as my tight end one. I love Irv Smith this year. Um, second year with the Vikings. Um, he, he had some nice, some nice flashes last year as a rookie. I like Irv Smith. I think he'll be the tight end one in Minnesota this year. Um crossing my fingers that he can be my tight end one and have a successful season uh, for the Scott Fishbowl. 13th round, I went Chase Edmonds. Love Chase Edmonds as my RB4. He's a great zero RB target. Uh, as is Duke Johnson, who we went and took in the 14th round as the 53rd running back off the board. Love that pick. 
went Greg Olson as my tight end too. I almost took Gerald Everett and I was kind of regretting it after. I like Gerald Everett, but I, I went, I pressed the button with Greg Olson. I'm happy with it. I think the Everett upside is a little bit higher, but Olson healthy with the Seahawks. They love to throw the tight ends. I know I don't usually like when people say that a certain team or a certain quarterback loves the tight ends, but in this case, it's actually true. They throw whoever whoever the fuck they put out there at tight end, they're throwing it to them. So I do like Olsen. 28th, 28th tight end off the board. My tight end two in the 15th round. I'm comfortable with that. I went Brandon Ayuk in the 16th. Damian Harris in the 17th. He could he could end up as the RB1 in New England. We know the, the injury issues with Sony Michelle. He wasn't very effective last year, even when he was out on the field. Of course, we know Damian Harris didn't see the field pretty much at all. I think he had like four carries all year. But I do like Damian Harris at this point in the draft. And with John Ross in the 18th and Kenny Steele's in the 19th, and that's it. We're we're, we're our draft's still going. So like I said, it's a slow-paced draft. Ours is one of the slowest. A lot of people have finished by now. We're still going. At the time of this recording, we're still going. But I'm thrilled with this team. Obviously, could be better at tight end, like I said, but it's something I'm willing to work around. I feel really good about my chances this year. I got pretty far in the tournament last year. Hopefully, I can finish it off this time. The other thing I've been working on this week is an article for playerprofiler.com laying out the ultimate guide to drafting zero RB in 2020. I know, I was just talking about the robust RB, and that's how I took my... That was the approach in my Scott Fishbowl draft. That's my approach in most drafts, but the zero RB works this year. I'm telling you, it's going to work this year. The robust RB approach is the popular trending strategy in 2020, and in many cases, like I said, like in SFB, for example, it's the optimal way to draft. However, as I found when researching these middle and late round running backs, there are times when modified 0RB or even full 0RB is actually optimal. But at a time when the running back position is booming, why would we not take advantage and draft multiple in the first few rounds of our drafts? Especially considering how deep the wide receiver position is perceived to be. And like I said, in most cases, that's the way I'm drafting. When the zero RB draft strategy was first coined by Sean Siegel, the forefront of his article was that running backs are far more fragile and have a high bust rate compared to the other positions. The basis of this strategy then became to load up on wide receivers early with maybe one quarterback or one tight end in the first five rounds, then finding running backs with upside to have high scoring weeks without paying the high draft capital. The ultimate goal is that by the end of the season, we are just as strong at running back as our league mates. The difference is, we also have stud wide receivers and tight ends because we drafted top tier guys early. We want to build a juggernaut. A successful 0RB team will do this while accessing upside and unlocking a ceiling greater than that of the other roster constructions. Drafting third-round running backs like Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, and my guy Leonard Fournette, who don't have elite running back ceilings, won't allow our teams to reach their maximum potential. 
Of course, this is easier said than done. Zero RB is a very niche strategy that can be very effective, but we have to know when to use it. League settings are important. The optimal leagues for this strategy will have fab bidding. This allows us to be aggressive and to be sure we acquire hot waiver wire running backs. And it's gotta be full PPR. Gotta be. None of this half PPR bullshit. The league should ideally start two running backs. Strange, I know. But this allows us the chance to load up on on wide receivers early as our opponents are taking more running backs and taking them earlier. We should be able to start at least four to five wide receivers. With all of those early wide receivers, you'll have an edge in in multiple starting slots. Finally, we can't be passing on elite bell curve running backs like Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, or Alvin Kamara. If you have a top 5 pick, a top 6 pick, 0RB is out of the question. It's modified 0RB at least. 0RB will work in 2020 because the majority of drafters are going running back heavy. This will leave a ton of wide receiver talent for us to absorb. The main argument for robust RB and anti-zero RB drafters is that wide receiver is unbelievably deep this year. Like, we can draft Calvin Ridley in the fourth round, so why take Chris Godwin in the second? The response is we can take both. Why not? After we load up on wide receiver talent early, with maybe a top three tight end in the mix, we will eventually need to start drafting running backs. Yeah, so not literally zero RB. More like 0RB until the 6th round, right? But this is where it actually gets challenging. Actually knowing who to draft. It's not easy to find quality running back talent with potential to smash their ADP once we get past the first few rounds. That's why so many fantasy drafters shy away from 0RB. But it's also why it's so effective when it's done right. This is what I look for in a quality mid to late round running back when I'm drafting 0RB. They have standalone value and are not traditional handcuffs. They come from ambiguous backfields. They're pass catchers. They have a touchdown upside, are athletic, and play in good offenses. In the article, and probably in a later podcast episode, I'll probably probably talk about these guys, I will get into who these running backs actually are. If you don't want to wait for that episode, just go find the articles on playerprofiler.com. It was so large, we actually broke it up into two pieces. I believe it was 11 different running backs that I identified as targets. That's a lot of guys, so go check that out. Once the draft is complete, the strategy is not over. It's really just getting started. We need to be vigilant and aggressive on the waiver wire, identifying running backs who can capture the same type of upside we look for in our draft targets. Luckily, because we took such a different approach on draft day, we won't have to compete as much with our league mates for waiver pickups. While they're already strong at running back, they're more likely likely to be targeting wide receivers and tight ends off waivers. As zero RB drafters, we will already have a strong wide receiving core, and, be, and have less competition for those important running back ads. As I said, 
If you want more into how I'm drafting Zero RB this year, why it works, and more importantly, who I'm drafting, go check out those articles on playerprofiler.com. That's going to be a wrap for today, though. If you're not already, please follow me on Twitter at A underscore Johnson FF and the site at YardsPer. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Also, please be sure to rate and review. It really helps me out a lot and is much appreciated. And don't forget to check out the Yards Per Fantasy YouTube channel so you don't miss the interview with JJ Zacharyson. Thanks, guys. Cue that music. (laughs) 